0: Hello and welcome to the Objective Health Show. I am your host today, Erica, and joining me in our studio is Doug, Elliot, and Tiff. And Damien in the background on the ones and twos. Hey.
1: Hey, Hello. (laughs) Hello.
0: So thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, We're changing up our format a little bit in this new year, 2020. Hopefully it, uh, proves to be prosperous (laughs) and uh today we're gonna just focus on one topic and the topic as you can see from our visual behind doug in the background is human breast milk and babies and how breastfeeding helps babies tell time via circadian signals from mom so we chose this topic so a recent article uh, came out and it was talking about how human breast milk is actually more than just a meal. It's uh, a clock providing time of day information for infants and the importance of proper feeding times. And in our modern day culture, for anyone that has young babies, the propensity to pump has become really popular. I think in the article, they were saying like, what, 65% of moms now pump
2: most mm-hmm. likely
0: in the U S because we have like, what, three weeks of maternal leave in the U S. I mean, if, really, if that <laughs> it's really small and, and most moms are have to go back to work to, mm-hmm. you know, pay for this brand new baby that they have. So this technology, while it's great, Um, could really be having some detrimental side effects for babies. And what I find interesting about the article is that it really sets up that circadian clock for people for the rest of their life, like Mm -hmm. the proper feeding and the difference between uh, say morning time milk, as opposed to evening time milk, they call it milk in flux. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, pumping your milk is one of those modern day convenience things. I mean, for a while, like maybe back in the 60s, 70s, 50s, or so, breastfeeding wasn't really that in vogue. And there was a lot of formula feeding. But Mm. in the last decade or so, it's been being more encouraged that breast milk is best, encouraging women to breastfeed, like all the programs, like for, Um, mothers at local health departments, there's all these signs up saying breast, breast milk is best, breast milk is best. But then, you know, like we said, if you have to go to work and your relatives are watching your baby and you have to pump, you still want your baby to be breastfed because breast milk is best. Mm. uh, You have to just be careful for reasons that we'll get into, but yeah. Yeah.
3: I was surprised,
2: I didn't even think about this. Of course, I don't have any children, but did you think about it, Erica? You've breastfed.
0: I did, you know, it's interesting um, because for one, just even getting a baby to breastfeed initially, like that's why I think Tiffany, they set up these organizations, like in the U.S. they have an organization called the La Leche League, Mm -hmm. which basically if your baby's born in a hospital, they come in and they teach you how to get the baby to latch on properly. And they really remind you not to get frustrated if the baby is not suckling properly, or if it doesn't want to eat. And in those first 48 hours after the baby's born, it's like pure colostrum, right? It's all the important antibodies and nutrients for the baby. And um, it's really a transition for a lot of moms because it's not the most comfortable thing. And this might be sharing too much information, but the La leg will tell you if, if you're feeling sensitive with breastfeeding to take a toothbrush and to brush your nipple with it to harden <laughs> it up a little bit. <laughs> so, wow. so It You know, and a lot of women in the past, I mean, my kids are in their 20s. So this is a long time ago. But, you know, they would get frustrated that first week and oh, it's too painful or my milk isn't coming. Mm -hmm. And uh, they would just give up and you know, like you said, Tiff, like that's where formula, especially in a hospital, like, oh, we'll give your baby formula. And if you don't really start in that first window, then it's really hard to go back mm-hmm. to getting the baby to learn how to latch on. And one of the things is a bottle, the baby doesn't have to work so hard for the milk, right? It just kind mm-hmm. of pours into their mouth. Whereas the baby's breastfeeding, it has to work really hard. It has to Learn how to use the muscles for suckling and and then aside from all that is the really important part of bonding, you know, like having that initial experience of holding the baby, bonding with the baby and really giving up your time schedule as a parent and being on that baby's time schedule. So Mm. I could see how, you know, it's frustrating and yes, the bottle seems better, but After reading this article, it really seems like um, you're setting up later in life issues with circadian rhythms and night and day eating habits.
3: Yeah. Well, the article is like, it's fascinating when I read it because I had never really thought about this kind of thing before. For people who are looking for it, it was was on a site called theconversation.com. Um, and it's called human breast milk may help babies tell time via circadian signals from mom, and yeah, I found it—it's it, really fascinating because I mean, basically, what it made me think about is the the idea that the what the the baby is not just getting uh, food like you were saying—it's uh, not just a meal like you were saying, Erica. It's mm-hmm. actually like there's information there that the baby is actually taking in information from the mother the mother is kind of like used to reading the environment and everything like that so the baby is getting all this information about the environment that it's going to be encountering um, so and one of those being circadian signaling like just the idea that um, there's more cortisol in daytime milk um, and then in nighttime milk there's more melatonin it's much more complicated than that like there's a lot of different fluctuations that are going on but just the the idea that Um, the baby is getting information about the environment, when nighttime is, when daytime is, um, and so its body can kind of react to that in a proper way. And there was even another article that we were reading for this, that was talking about how when the baby was getting sick, the mother's milk would be higher in, in, like, immunocompounds, basically, like things Mm -hmm. to um, help the baby to fight off that illness, So there's so much kind of synergy going on there, and it's really, it was really, really fascinating.
2: Well, I thought that one you just mentioned, Doug, was fascinating. Um, The woman that the article was about, she'd actually taken she pumps her milk she took a picture of the milk she pumped the day before she noticed that her baby got sick and it was just you know white looking regular milk and then she noticed that her baby was sick and she pumped the next evening and the milk was kind of thick and yellow looking like colostrum Mm -hmm. so the my question was before i read the entire article how does how does the how does the mom's breast know to change the milk so apparently It's not just information going from the mother's breast milk into the baby. When the baby is suckling, the baby's saliva kind of goes up into the nipple and the contents of the saliva, the mother's receptors can, you know, see like if there's like increased white blood cells or some kind of sickness going on. And it can alter the content of the breast milk. And it's just so incredible how the human body works.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It kind of demonstrates that it's almost impossible. I I would bet it's probably near enough impossible to fully replicate that kind of thing. If you have that constant intercommunication between the child and the mother, this direct feedback relationship, information going back and forward, back and forward all of the time. And there's probably many other kind of aspects to this that haven't even been discovered yet. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, Maybe like electromagnetic stuff. Or
2: emotional stuff even. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So there's probably all of this non-biochemical stuff that we can't even measure. But ultimately, when you think about that feedback, how important that is for essentially providing the baby with a stable foundation, allowing them to effectively adapt to various different changes, you know, uh, for instance, the type of it, the environment that the mother lives in, like there's all of this information about the the microbiome and things as well. So it's that the the mother's body is adapted to a very specific environment, the type of bacteria in the house, the type of bacteria in the kind of local community. The different types of soil, the minerals in the soil, the lack of minerals in the soil, the vitamin intake, all of these different things, the chemicals in the air, the amount of kind of silica in the rainwater, you know? (laughs) So so ultimately, there's all of these probably millions of factors which are communicated to the baby and kind of say to the baby, right, okay, this is the environment you're going to be coming into. You need to build a system which is suited to this environment so that you can survive. And then you think about how like potentially important that is. And you can, I mean, it hasn't even been fleshed out, but I can imagine that that's pretty damn important to get a baby in a healthy state. Mm -hmm. But then you try to replicate that by taking amino acids, by taking fats, by taking sugars (laughs) and putting it into like a formula bottle. I mean, that's, it, it was always deemed to fail, right? It was always, <laughs> deemed fail. there's no way that that could ever mimic the kind of complexity of the mother's milk.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: then we take in this information as well, this this recent stuff about the circadian rhythm. It's like, even, if, I mean, whenever you try to cheat the system, you, you're always going to lose to some extent. That's what it's like. It's like, Okay, you can understand that the predicament that women have or they're in because they live busy lives. They live, you know, they have to work jobs. They don't have time to basically be feeding the baby all day long. Mm. But effectively, they are potentially going to be causing problems to the baby if they don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's not possible, of course, but actually, like it shows that, I mean, for instance, in the baby, in the mother's milk, the breast milk, um, in the morning time, this contains like a complex set of different hormones, and Doug just touched on it a minute ago, um, but it contains higher levels of cortisol, right? So cortisol is one of the stress hormones. It it's naturally follows like the circadian cycle. It's higher in the morning time um, in human beings. It's one of the things, there's something called the uh, cortisol awakening response. It's one of the things that actually helps us get out of bed in the morning. Right. So this is actually really important for um, it does follow the circadian rhythm, but it's actually one of those things which is going to kind of wake the baby up, you know, to keep it awake in the daytime and essentially communicate that it is morning time, that it is daytime or whatever. But not only that, there's also other things like um, it says it has specialized kinds of immune cells, it has higher levels of minerals such as iron, um, such as. Uh, Zinc, magnesium, potassium, sodium, these all highest in the morning time. Um, On the other hand, you have this nighttime hormone, melatonin, which is um, kind of associated with sleep in human beings, and it naturally starts to gradually increase in the evening time upon dim light onset. So when the lights go down, our body starts making melatonin. So this is another way. If the baby's got his eyes closed all day, or if he's you know if he's sleeping and all of this kind of stuff, he's focused on building a body he's not really concerned with trying to detect whether it's night or day, but the mother, in giving the baby this nighttime hormone is essentially communicating that in just this amazing way, um, that I certainly didn't think could even, you know, even occurred before. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. it's just, it's amazing.
3: It is. It's a, it, you know, what's, what's really also interesting is that the study that they were referring to in that article actually came out in 2009. So they've actually known about this for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. like, uh, 11 years, basically. Um, but, you know, I didn't know about this before. Um, you know, not that I'm really the target audience necessarily, but um, <laughs> you know, I do look into uh, the nutritional aspects of uh, newborns and that sort of thing. So I'm surprised that I had never heard of it. And um, it it kind of like you know the the advice that they kind of give in the article is that if women are pumping, they should be marking the time of day down on the milk, so that if they are, required to, um, to to give pumped milk, um, like they can't be breastfeeding when they need to, then at least they'll be able to match up morning milk or evening milk with whatever time of day the, the baby is yeah. actually feeding on it, mm-hmm. which is probably a good idea. I mean, obviously, ideally, um, the child would be getting it directly from the breast because that's like immediate feedback. It's uh, a, a communication immediately about the, the immediate environment that uh, that the child is in at that moment. Um, But I think that this pump thing, I mean, you know, going with the formula feeding or something like that is just absolute last resort because it is just missing so much. Like it Mm -hmm. really is. It would be like, you know, it'd be like feeding your kid who's on solid food like donuts, right? It's kind of like, well, (laughs) it's got the fat and the carbs and the protein in there, (laughs) but uh, that's about it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: Yeah, well, there are which I didn't know either, there are milk banks all over the country, like nearly, well in the US, nearly in every state, and I think there are some in Canada also. Mm. And the whole purpose of these milk banks is like um, moms who may have recently had a baby or recently lost a baby, want to donate some of their breast milk, and uh, hospitals use it in neonatal intensive care units. And they collect the milk, you know, the moms have to be tested, like if you were to give blood, you have to be tested for, like, you know, hepatitis, HIV, other sexually transmitted diseases. So they run all these tests on the women. They uh, test their milk for purity and, you know, you can't smoke, you can't use drugs or anything like that. And uh, they accept your milk. these NICUs are intensive care units, use it for babies whose for some reason their moms can't produce enough milk or the babies might be premature and they can't really latch on to a nipple. Mm-hmm. So they get the milk and they, of course, they'll they'll screen it for contaminants. Then they'll combine like different mothers' milks, which kind of makes sense. I mean. Even though I think it's gross, but uh, (laughs) seems like it should all just come from one source, and then they'll, in some cases, they'll homogenize it, and in some cases, they'll pasteurize it. Yeah, Uh, they'll pasteurize it also, which is ridiculous, not the best thing,
0: but killing all the. Bacteria. Yeah. yeah. The
2: fact that they would go through all of that trouble to collect breast milk from these random women and freeze it and ship it out to hospitals just shows that formula ain't worth the, the plastic that it's stored in. I mean, Florum formula must be the worst thing ever if they have this whole network of uh, milk banks that people can donate to and i've also read like in other places like vegan moms for some reason their milk doesn't come down or they don't produce enough they'll try and get uh milk from um uh, some of their vegan friends mm.
1: <laughs> yeah that's well, better probably than the soy formula, formula. Oh, yeah. oh yeah yeah okay better than soy, <laughs> soy formula not much better though because it's basically soy formula <laughs> is soy it <laughs> Yeah. But if
2: you're a vegan, like these vegan moms, they want milk from a vegan, another vegan mom. Uh, yeah. So if that mom is just drinking soy milk herself, that's basically soy formula. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm sure it's still better than formula. Yeah. I think it would be. But uh, there, there aren't any actual vegan formulas in the u.s i think in europe they do have vegan baby formula but only in the u.s they just have these uh, organic or dairy-free or soy formulas that's the best you can get
3: they're not vegan what is it about no them? they're is not vegan?
2: vegan the d3 they get it from sheep's ah, wool. of course. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah you have to put d3 in a baby formula or you can't sell it
0: right well, you know it's interesting too because I've um, babies that are fed formula. I used to take care of a lot of babies back in the day, and they have this very yeasty smell to them. I know that mm-hmm. kind of sounds crazy, but it seemed like uh, the the formula just caused a lot of mucus and a lot of buildup, and it would actually come out of their pores like a yeast smell. It was really bizarre, and kind of on the the alternatives to milk, because what you were saying, Tiffany, is sometimes, you know, for whatever reason, women aren't producing enough breast milk or you have to supplement. Mm -hmm. Um, What started happening in the 90s was that instead of giving a baby cow milk, because, you know, that's not necessarily the best thing, the option was goat milk because they were a little bit smaller animals, a little bit more the size of the human, and that was, but that's definitely not vegan. But, you know, um, because it is a reality that sometimes the, there's not enough milk or if you've got a really hungry baby, it, it you know can suck you dry in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's interesting when um, I was breastfeeding, uh, my homeopath told me to drink dark beer like Guinness. He said that that had huh. the <laughs> most nutrients in it that would go directly to the baby, obviously minus the alcohol. You know what I mean, and mm-hmm. then to um, do teas like they have all these mother milk teas that uh, you know teas that you can make that help you produce more milk. And I could see how being a vegan, if you're already low in fat in general, that your mm-hmm. body is just not going to produce what it needs to. Well, for the baby,
2: for the vegans, they have something called a booby bar, <laughs> and it's. <laughs> It's a vegan lactation bar and it has flax seeds, oats, and other herbal ingredients in it. Probably so, fenugreek. Yeah.
3: Fenugreek. And there's another one too, I can't remember right now, that are supposed to be <laughs> good for breast milk production.
2: Mm.
0: Well, it was interesting in that article how they were talking about chrono signals in milk and um, how that uh, cal- or calibrates the infant circadian biology. And so if babies drink mistimed milk, um, they may struggle with sleep and um, digestion and development. I mean, that's pretty interesting. Back to what you were saying about the importance of timing and labeling. And, you know, there's plenty of moms who spent all night up going, why is this baby wide awake in the middle of the night? And then they sleep all day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after months of that it's why you see women at the grocery store with their shirts inside out and they're disheveled they haven't showered in days is because of this this um you know the rhythms and it's so important because it sets up again as i was saying earlier the rest of that child's life i mean maybe that's why we're seeing this rise in obese children is because this possibility of you know, having the convenience of, um, formula and it completely just knocked everything out of whack. And now these children are eating much more food than they need to. They're eating late at night or all day long. And it's just completely wreaked havoc on the system.
3: You know, considering the fact that, um, having a baby that is up when it's supposed to be asleep is basically torture the new parents. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that this whole milk thing hasn't kind of been, been more widespread. Maybe it is in yeah. kind of like, you know, child, like new mother circles or something like that. Like maybe it is kind of spreading around there. But um, like I said, I'd never heard of it. And and that kind of surprises me because you would think that, you know, a lot of the times the kind of folk remedies tend to, to spread around in mm-hmm. in different circles. Like, you know, you hear about different, uh, different ways of, of dealing with different things. So... This sounds like something that every mother should be informed yeah. of.
2: Yeah, not only should you not use formula, but if you do have to pump, make sure you label mm-hmm. the time on there.
0: Yeah. And it should be something that, that doctors, especially doctors that are working with pregnant yeah. women, should be informed about. Because if you're, well... You know, I'm I'm being optimistic here, but if you're concerned about the the future well being of your young patient, then you would think that something is as basic as this type of information would be Mm -hmm. shared you know i mean hey you want to sleep well at night you want your baby to sleep well at night then this is these are these little things that you can do
2: and that would probably be the best seller on it like if you want your baby to be able to sleep when the baby is supposed to be asleep and you'll get more rest too Mm -hmm. breastfeed your baby i think preferably on demand yeah
3: We might be expecting a bit too much out of doctors, though. To be honest, I'm not not sure they're giving a a whole lot of uh, new baby advice to the mothers, really.
2: Well, they should put it on the front page of whatever, yeah, whatever magazine new moms read.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what is that? Mother's Day? No, I don't
3: know. Mothers Daily.
0: Well, it's interesting too, because a couple of years ago, and I think we even did a show on this back in 2017. um, You guys remember that article about, uh, it's dangerous to call breastfeeding natural. Yes,
3: Uh, I do remember that. Nutricians
0: were promoting disinformation. So instead of going with, as you said, Doug, the study's been out for years, you know what I mean? They're like, oh no, it's it's not natural, you know, they need to be immunized and uh, promoting breastfeeding is problematic and even Mm -hmm. troubling, you know? Yeah. I don't know.
3: I, yeah. For a while there, they were actually trying to say that formula feeding was better than breastfeeding. Mm
1: -hmm. It's just (laughs)
3: like mind boggling that they think they can get away with something like that. Unbelievable.
0: And it was in the journal Pediatrics, so that is...
2: (laughs) That journal is dead to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
3: Cancel your subscription, Tiff.
0: (laughs) Well, they were saying that that, um, the intent of the article appears to be aimed at bolstering vaccines. So... Mm. But they call it ethically, ethically problematic. Uh, oh
3: well, I know boy. that Nestle was in a, a lot of trouble a while back. Like this is a while back, like maybe in like the 80s or something like that. When, um, And I'm quoting this all from memory, so uh, I might have some of the details wrong. But basically Nestle was in third world countries in Africa, if I'm not mistaken, um, actually convincing mothers that their formula was better than breastfeeding and getting them... <laughs> to stop breastfeeding and favoring the the formula instead. And it it came to widespread attention as far as I know, because um, the water that they were mixing the formula with was not sanitary, basically. Mm -hmm. So there was a bunch of babies who were getting sick and dying because – The mother was, you know, if the mother's drinking the water and it's going through them and they're kind of like acclimatized to it and everything, then the baby, they're filtering it basically for the baby. The baby's not going to necessarily be exposed to that, but it probably will get the immune um, uh, components that the mother has created. Um, Mm -hmm. So the baby will get a natural kind of immunization to whatever's in the environment. Um, But in this situation, it was the opposite. They were giving the babies directly dirty water, essentially mixed with formula so the babies are getting sick and maybe even dying and uh it was it was a big controversy nestle is a very evil company by the way i'll just say that
2: yeah
0: most definitely yeah well and it's interesting too like um and i've probably shared this on a past show but you know i had the chicken pox while i was breastfeeding um And I didn't know I had the chicken pox until I went to the hospital and they told me I'd never had them before, but I was breastfeeding my daughter while I had the chicken pox and she didn't get them, even though I had the open sores and everything. Hmm. And um, so she got that natural immunity. Now, a few years later, I think when she was like seven or eight, she did get the chicken pox, but she didn't get them nearly as bad. And I thought Hmm. that was really fascinating Hmm. that here you can have this really contagious, illness you're breastfeeding your baby and they don't get the illness probably because the the antibodies
2: yeah
3: that's amazing
0: yeah and i and i think um you know just from now as we've gone into the vaccine issue so many times a lot of um in the past a lot of kids were getting those natural immunities to sicknesses like that Mm -hmm. via the breast milk building their immune system you know, introducing these types of pathogens in a way that they can fight it safely.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rest is best, guys.
2: That's the <laughs> takeaway message. That's the takeaway <laughs>
3: message.
0: I wonder Time. If we'll see a new, uh, you know, breast milk bars opening for
3: people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs>
0: No, of course, it will be pumped. It will be on tap, right? Oh, God.
2: <laughs> but it will be labeled with the proper yeah. time.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So this is, you can have your morning your morning with your coffee or your evening,
2: <laughs> your
0: warm glass of breast milk <laughs> so it's not mistimed.
3: Or if you want to stay up late, you can have morning at night if you got to pull an all <laughs> or something like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh. Well, one of the things that was in uh, another article that we read called breast milk should be drunk at the same time of day that it's expressed. And this was actually back in 2009 in Science Daily, but they talked about how scientists look at nucleotides in breast milk, like andesine, guanosine, and uridine, and those actually excite or relax the nervous system of the child and promote restfulness or sleep and how that varies in the 24-hour period and i don't know a lot about those nucleotides but i would imagine that uh it's really important for brain development physical development and um, the overall health of a baby
3: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah for sure
2: yeah i think that that there's more components that any laboratory can find that are in uh breast milk so like you said doug breast is best don't try and fool mother nature because you will not win (laughs) yeah
3: and your kid will pay the price
2: yep
0: but they're starting to uh you know try it well the 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 formula thing was a a try and fail (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly Well, anything else, guys?
2: That's it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Probably, probably just that I'd say one last thing that breast is definitely best. (laughs) (laughs) Well put, Elliot. (laughs) Well put.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, folks, for tuning in, and I hope this little Short bit on breastfeeding is helpful. Uh, You can share with your friends and family and uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel below. (laughs) And uh, we look forward to seeing you all again. Thanks for joining me, host. No worries. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye. Bye.